0: Hey, welcome and good morning. It is seven minutes after the hour. He has a PhD in economic geography from Rutgers University, uh, an MA in social studies and education from uh, Lehman uh, College. He's got a BA in history, geography and social studies uh, education uh, from Hunter College. He was apparently a professional student. He's also my favorite economist, Dr. Murray Sabrin, and he is with us uh, right now. Uh, Murray, welcome! Glad to have you with us. I'm looking at your uh, your uh, Substack column. Joe Biden is the president. Think again. The real president is Bernie McCain.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Joe Biden ran as a, quote, moderate, and yet he's given us basically Bernie Sanders' uh, domestic policy, more government spending on every uh, possible program they can think of, uh, more uh, money for so-called uh, uh, Green New Deal uh, initiatives, uh, higher taxes, uh, and it just goes, the list goes on and on. It's just endless. It's breathtaking. I mean, he's making FDR look like a fiscal conservative. And then on the other side, you got John McCain's uh, foreign policy, uh, the late John McCain, who never saw a war, a war he didn't like overseas, and um, Joe Biden has doubled down on U.S. interventionist policy, so uh, he's taking us to a brink of a nuclear Armageddon, which he said that could happen, and uh, it's just amazing that the, um, that the Democrats that were passionately anti-war during the 60s, during the Vietnam era, and uh, maybe more recently with the uh, Bush wars in the Mideast, uh, they're silent on this. They're buying into all of this uh, militarism, uh, which is shocking, because they're supposedly the the party of peace and humanitarianism and uh, compassion for people uh, around the world, and yet um, uh, Joe Biden is uh, is literally the most war president in, in my lifetime.
0: Yeah, uh, you, know, you say what you want about Trump, he at least did not get us into uh, any new wars. Uh, in short, Biden has given us the 21st century version of the New Deal and Great Society on steroids. Federal spending, you're right, is out of control. Interest on the national debt is approaching $500 billion. while well, the total national debt is headed to $32 trillion very soon. Uh, $500 billion. As the interest rates go up um, from, the, uh, uh, from the feds, uh, then the amount of money we send to Washington to do our bidding... Uh, the greater amount of that goes to paying off that debt. Kind of, uh, it, it, it just uh, it's taking our money in a direction we didn't want it to
1: go. Uh, well, well, this is this is what happens, Gary. When <laughs> there's no such thing as fiscal uh, um, uh, self-interest or, or self. Uh, 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 fiscal responsibility there's no way a family or a business can run up huge deficits o- o- over time the, the debt would uh, smother their business or their uh, personal finances yet the federal government has something that we don't have which is the power to tax and it has an organization affiliated with called the federal reserve that can print unlimited amounts of money until the dollar collapses and that's what's going to happen one day if this thing continues because uh, by the end of this decade we could probably run up another uh, eight billion trillion dollars in debt that would take us to $40 trillion in debt, and even at 5%, uh, that's $800 billion a year in interest charges. So people are not looking ahead, what's going to happen in the next seven years by the end of this decade, and uh, we could see a fiscal calamity, financial calamity, that could rival the Great Depression of the 1930s.
0: I, you know, I, it frustrates me because I hear the Republicans saying, y- you know, we've got to tackle this debt, but don't. No, no, we're not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. And of course the Democrats are running on the same uh, the same uh, uh, platform and if we don't do something we are inevitably in trouble. Uh, what does it look like when uh, that spending uh, gets to the extent uh, that you just uh, talked about where the interest uh, is is taking up nearly a trillion dollars of the money the uh, federal government uh, is is uh, getting from income tax. Where, what's going to happen to the country? How, what will it look like?
1: Well, I think what farmers are doing, and, and it's uh, it's been reported in the financial press, is that they're start, starting to unload dollars and unload um, U.S. Treasury debt that they own because uh, they don't want to own a uh, depreciating asset, and they're buying up gold to shore up their own currencies because gold is the ultimate money. You can't print it. It's a scarce resource, and that's what the market chose over hundreds and hundreds of years. And at one time, the dollar was as good as gold, no longer. And so w- what happens throughout history when nations exceed their ability to borrow money and, uh, and just keep on printing money to pay their bills, you get a, f- a financial crisis. And that's what happened in Germany in the 1920s, and we know what that led to, eventually led to the ri- rise of Hitler. And uh, what happened in China after World War II, it happened in Russia after World War I, and we know what that led to, communist revolutions. So I'm not predicting that here, but the point is it could get very dicey in America. We saw already that uh, more than 50 years ago, Nixon panicked and imposed wage price controls when the inflation rate was 4%. Now we have over a 6% inflation rate, and is making noises about national rent control, which is another arsenal in their, in their toolkit to try to deal with the problem uh, that the Federal Reserve caused by printing unlimited, um, uh, virtually unlimited amount of money in, in 2020 to deal with the pandemic. So uh, people have to realize, what the problem is how it came about, and what they should be doing in their professional and personal lives, business lives, uh, to weather the storm that is inevitable. I mean, this is inevitable. There's, there's no way of sugarcoating this. There's no such thing as a sh- soft landing anymore. It's, it could be pretty hard, whether it's uh, this year, next year, or somewhere down the road. Uh, the day of reckoning has to come because of the fiscal responsibility uh, in Washington, D.C. Ex-
0: explain what had. Let me, let me give you a scenario. Uh because I want people to understand what's going on here you're a family of four you're you've got a household income of sixty seventy thousand dollars a year uh the debt continues to go up the dollar continues to devalue what will their life what will my life be like that uh, my family of four with that income are we well, going to we- be struggling to buy food uh
1: yeah. will we yeah we we'll gonna be struggling to buy everything because prices are going to go through the roof and um th- this is the danger of having a paper money system and, and central uh, banking because eventually the federal government uh, is spending so much money i mean it's just unbelievable how much is in this budget and it's going to continue to grow uh hopefully the republicans in the house won't pass this but then the, again uh they may say let the democrats let biden have what he wants but for the average family, you've got to sock away as much money as you can in reserves, um, have some gold and silver in, re, in reserves because that's the ultimate insurance policy against the financial collapse, and really be prudent in your expenditures. And a lot of people don't want to hear that message, but um, you've got to balance uh income with savings and investment and taking care of the future and uh... if it means not buying a new car but buying a good second hand car if it means uh... not taking these big vacations and um, and so it's very tough to balance because don't no predict the future but the but the writing is on the wall uh... gary i've been at this a long time and uh... it doesn't get any better because of the uh... Um, fecklessness of the politicians in washington
0: MurraySabrin.Substack.com So uh, you, you say that uh, we should be buying gold because if I'm saving dollars, I'm losing money Yeah. every, every time they, they print more. Uh, and we're seeing that right now in, in huge uh, amounts of devaluation. So if we had a, a currency that was actually based on gold, would that really work today? Could you really do that today?
1: Course you could i mean uh, the, the dollar started out as one-twentieth of an ounce of gold now it would have to be into the thousands because so many dollars have been printed since 1792 uh, when the dollar was defined as, uh, as a as unit weight of gold but it, it's a it's a technical issue it's not it's not a uh, a, f- a financial issue per se it's a technical issue how do you balance the, the dollars that are out there with the gold that the federal reserve has around 250 million ounces and uh, you can't print gold so the the dollar would be stable in terms of its supply and what that means Gary we know that prices would come slowly down for the average family which means their living standards will go up today and Living living are going down for the vast majority of people because their incomes are not keeping up with inflation in addition we're not getting enough interest on our savings because we're only getting four percent plus five percent and inflation is running at six percent plus we have to pay taxes on the interest that we receive so the low and middle-income families in America are really getting squeezed by higher prices not enough wage increases and not enough interest on their savings. So uh, the average family really has to sit down, hunker down and say, what can we do to uh, reduce our expenses, to rationalize our food budget and do everything else that we need to do? And people are going to thrift shops and other things where you can buy things at uh, much cheaper than uh, at a retail store. And so these are the things that people do when, when uh, the f- uh, financial crunch is underway and it has been underway for the past uh, year and a half.
0: Joe Biden is the president. Think again. The real president is Bernie McCain. Dr. Murray Sabrin on Substack. It's com. Murray, thank you for being with us this week and look forward to chatting with you again next week.
1: Thanks so much. Uh, I tell you, the week just goes by so quickly. Um, your head starts spinning after a while. <laughs> so gr- <laughs> great to be with you again, Gary, and look forward to it next week. All right. Uh, sounds Thank good you. to me.
0: Uh, we've uh, we've run up against the clock. We have to take a quick break. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll free number is eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Blue collar workers. Better names for blue collar workers because it sounds kind of condescending, and it shouldn't. We already had one uh, suggestion. Well, we'll chat with you and find out what your suggestions are on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Good morning. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm slamming down a donut for breakfast. It is ten twenty one. That is terrible. I should never do this on the air. I thought it would be finished before we got back. In any case, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Um, it is uh, ten twenty one. Blue collar workers. Um, the name has a condescending sound to it, and we're looking for a name for people who work with their hands. That doesn't sound condescending. Democrats do this all the time. The left do this all the time. They find a word that they don't like that describes something, and they just come up with a new word. So uh, if you're short, you're, you know, uh, height-challenged, mentally challenged, Uh, there are all kinds of different names that they've come up with. Well, I think blue-collar workers have a a, a a reputation. It sounds like it sounds like you weren't smart enough to get a white-collar job. You have to work with your hands because you're not very bright. When the truth is, <laughs> they're every bit as bright as anybody else. And in fact, those, their jobs are pretty challenging. I don't care if you're a carpenter, a plumber, a welder, an electrician. You work in heating and air conditioning. You've fixed cars. You're just a home handyman. You've got to be pretty bright to do those things. And it's, you know, in many in many cases, a very lucrative uh, way to make a living. So we ought to come up with a name that sounds better than blue-collar worker. And what was that other guy's uh, suggestion, Brian? Uh, expert or... What was it that first like uh, technical expert, technical, yes, or something like that? Yeah, uh, I kind of like those uh, that idea. That wasn't bad, and and I'm serious. We could start spreading this around because I think it's a good idea. Uh, nobody should be ashamed of working with their hands. Uh, it, it is just as admirable a profession uh, to be a plumber as it is to be a stockbroker, or to be a talk show host. It Doesn't matter. So let me go to the phones here and see what people come up with. Uh, I'll kick this off with Dave. Dave, good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, What would you uh, change blue-collar worker uh, to? Uh, Good morning, guys. I think I'd just call them technical facilitators and then administrative specialists for the college guys. Well, why would we change the college guys? Leave them alone. Just... Let's just... Well, we could leave them alone, but technical facilitator, technical specialist. Something with the technical, like the other guy said, but a facilitator, meaning that he could facilitate or manufacture or produce something with his hands. But in the technical aspect,
2: it's a technical type of job.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think people understand that if we don't have people who work with their hands, white-collar workers don't have a job. Yes, sir. It is the people who work with their hands that make the products that people buy <laughs> it's it's uh seriously underrated so yours yes, is what again is. give me that one more time technical uh, uh, technical facilitator is what I was thinking technical facilitator hmm all right that not that that's not a bad ring to it dave all thank right, you Gary. for the call thank you bye bye all right glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show you're a technical facilitator Okay, that's not bad. Uh, Jim is on the line. Jim, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine. For people who build with their hands, I think an appropriate term would be, and they used to use it, craftsmen. They exercise a craft or a trade. You could call them tradesmen. If you want it broader to people
1: who create things as opposed to using or destroying them, they could be creators. And the people who use destroyer
0: could be users, destroyers. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a creator. I am the creator. I think a lightning bolt would hit me for that. All right, Jim, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, uh, creator. All right, let me go down to uh, Louie and see what uh, what his suggestion is. Louie, good morning. How are you?
1: Hey, good morning. Very fine today. A nice sunny day here in Moberly. Uh I, I'm with the last caller. I say, why mess up a good thing? They're craftsmen. And uh, plain and simple, they're not blue-collar, they're craftsmen. And uh, they're members of proud, badge-wearing members of Foundation Nation.
0: It, am I right? Does blue-collar worker have a kind of a condescending sound, or am I making something out of nothing?
1: I I think I understand that, perhaps, but I'm a proud blue co- blue-collar guy, even though I've been at times in my life in management I'd rather be blue collar any day
0: yeah but doesn't it have a kind of a, a demeaning dismissive he's just uh, it a makes
1: me feel like I can stand on my own two feet
0: well you should be proud you are alright Louie thank you for the thank call glad glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show uh, let's go down to Casey and see what's on his mind KC, good morning how are you
2: yeah, kind of like ones who work for me, but they're skilled labor They know something. I pay them accordingly very dearly. But they get their work done, and they know what it is when they step in the job. Okay.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, let me get some uh, messages from GaryNolan.com. Blue Collar, the you're going back to the Stone Age without us people. You know, that's true (laughs) without blue-collar, without the the guys that work with their hands. Call blue-collar workers specialists, welding, electrical, plumbing, construction. They all have very valuable, special, and necessary skills. Uh, What is Carol suggesting? Gary, I think blue-collar is obsolete, too. I suggest skilled worker is an excellent name for this group. Uh, Bill, what do you give us here? technical expert that's i don't i kind of like technical expert I how really about uh, engineer screwed over taxpayer <laughs> yeah screwed over taxpayer because uh, after all you got to pay for everybody else's college education it's amazing nobody's nobody is saying to the plumber well we got to pay for your education but we're telling the plumber and the truck driver you got to pay for the college education somehow it just seems so unfair uh, we'll just work off of your sweat and labor, and have you pay our bills for us. We're going to talk about that, by the way, in the next segment of the program, uh, because we have some audio. We've had to hold back on this because it's uh, it's a bit uh, well. It, it I think is going to uh, turn out to be a, a pretty lengthy conversation. So, but we're going to talk about Biden's plan to pay the college education. We're gonna we're going to hear uh, Weingardner's uh, complaint about it and some other people's uh, suggestions about uh, you know how they are entitled to your tax dollars for their education none of their arguments make any sense this is the gary nolan show okay I am back. A little technical snafu. Okay, it is uh, 1035. Um, We're talking about blue-collar workers and what name you would give them. But we're going to move on here in just a minute and talk about education. Uh, I'm going to kick this uh, program off, this segment of the program, with two women callers on blue-collar workers. And then we're going to education. We'll kick it off with Ann. And welcome to the program. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. What would you call people who work with their hands?
2: Well, the ones that they referred to before sound pretty good. I mean, the other gentleman referred to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I would kind of twist this conversation in a way and say, we, the blue collar workers, whatever you call us, we're the people that people like uh, people at the, the World Economic Forum That ilk, you know, the elites
3: Mm
2: -hmm. who are pushing all the stuff down our throats, they still need us. So what I would propose is, um, you know, they have ESG scores, environmental, social justice, and um, government. Why don't we have our own, a freedom, life, and liberty score? If corporations, businesses do not correspond with freedom, life, and liberty stop doing business with them. Not only that, if you service or provide services or goods to Klaus or whatever his name, the people of the World Economic Forum, any of these corporations who don't correspond with FLO, don't do business with them. If you know somebody who does, because they probably pay well, tell them about this. And If they continue to do it, don't do business with them.
0: So Anne wants to go to war with the hard left.
2: No, I just, it's, if they can do it, we can do it too. You know, this is our leverage. But um, this is the power that we have and we don't see it, you know, so often. We are the majority, we outnumber them. Have them, you know, fix their own toilet. If they need to go and they can't go because the toilet doesn't work, have them fix it. They want some, you know, to drive somewhere, let them do it themselves. They want their kids taken care of, let them do it themselves. It's just turning the tables, Gary, you know, in a very smart way. If they can do it, well, we can do it, too.
0: Okay. All right, Ann. Thanks, (laughs) Ann. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, One more call on this, and then we're going to move on. Uh, Jane, welcome. How are you this morning?
2: Doing great, Gary. Practitioners of Applied
0: Skills. Ooh, see, now that sounds good. Practitioners of applied skill, skills. They're doers. Yeah, um, they're, William they're sent me a message. Doing uh, something. Uh, William sent me a message from GaryNolan.com. He said, "Just call us the real men." <laughs> okay, all right, Jane. That's very good. I like that. Thank you. Thank glad, you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, let's talk education because apparently the administration wants everybody wants everybody to pay for a college education, whether they got one or not. Uh, and Randy Weingartner, uh, she has just, she's just melting down over this. Uh, we've got the audio. The Supreme Court has heard arguments about whether President Biden's student loan reallocation uh, from wealthy degree holders to everyday Americans uh, through an executive order is constitutional. Uh, so they write at townhall.com. And it is inconceivable to me that you would write, you know, you would sign for a loan for a college education and then turn around and demand that other taxpayers cover your bill. It is beyond me how you think it is fair for a guy who uh, who installs air conditioning, who drives a tractor trailer, a guy who's doing welding or plumbing, how you think it is his obligation to pay for your college loan. It baffles my brain to think that these people are so brainwashed into so- uh, socialism that they somehow think it's fair, but they do. And here's Weingartner with her ridiculous audio.
3: And so that is why President Biden said we are going to deal with that. As we deal with the end of the pandemic, we're going to deal with that. We're not going to start student debt again without actually making a down payment of it. And the secretary of education has the right to do it. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off. During the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it, the corporations challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right. That is not fair, and that is what we are fighting as well. When we say "Castle
0: sued so dead," all right, all right. Before I vomit in my shoes, let me stop right here. First of all, uh, let me let me just take this apart a little bit at a time. Um, and it's a not a pandemic; it's a pandemic. Um, she apparently uh, didn't get that. Um, if if the federal government uh, shuts down a business they owe the business they, they, we had no we had no right constitutionally and we certainly had no right legally to shut down businesses it was not just legally wrong it was immoral the government doesn't have the authority you tell me where in the constitution the government has the right to shut down businesses they don't don't rem- don't forget we live in a republic so that's part of why they got a check at the business level. But why, what were they supposed to be doing with those checks? They were supposed to be giving it to people who were employed by them but couldn't work because the government shut them down. So they should have been getting checks. When they were getting those checks, they should have been paying their student loans. They didn't. They would, In some cases, in many cases across the country, they weren't even paying rent. I mean, this government-mandated shutdown was so out of control that landlords who owned real estate and had mortgages had to pay their mortgage even though their tenants didn't have to pay them rent. So, yes, Ms. Weingartner... If you signed on the dotted line for a loan, you got to make the payment. And even if you got, and, and, and by the way, I might point out that nobody with a student loan had to make their monthly payment. They still aren't uh, forced to make their monthly payment. I, don't, I, I think it's still on hold. So what is, what is, how do you think you're entitled to $20,000 or $10,000 from the guy who drives a bus or drives a lift? How do you figure that you're entitled a part of his pay to pay for your college education? It's insane. And yet, constitutionally, these people on the left still don't get it. I mean, they still don't get it. Representative Jamal Bowman. It l- 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 not, he's actually accosting the Supreme Court uh, and telling them what they have to do. Listen to this. The president has the authority to cancel student debt. That's right. Period. That's right. We are demanding that the Supreme Court just follow the law and do what's right. That's why you are there. To follow the law. I <laughs> uh, As- yeah. I mean, it's just insane. You know, I I must have talked today to a dozen people who work with their hands to make a living, who called up on the whole blue-collar topic. They didn't accrue huge college debt, and yet these arrogant leftists expect them to pay for their college educations. What law was he referring to? I'm just curious. I'm sure Uh, you would know. The uh, fair in education law? Is that it? Uh, I don't think that's part of the Constitution, no. Oh, the Good and Welfare Clause. The Good you and could, Welfare you could make that applicable, right? Yeah, the Good and Welfare Clause. It, it's applicable to anything, right? Yes. <laughs> Except that they gave us the doctrine of enumerated powers, which essentially gives them no authority to do any of the stuff that they're doing, especially the redistribution of wealth. I'm not sure how the Supreme Court is going to handle this. I, I don't know what the outcome is. Uh, you listen to the arguments, and the, apparently the conservative justices uh, have some serious doubts about this. But there's now a process question about whether or not the states like Missouri, who, frankly, uh, are, are one of the groups uh, challenging this uh, student loan payoff, whether or not they had standing, whether or not they had the right to, uh, to bring the case to begin with. That could undo the whole thing. Maybe but, these uh, liberals just should stand in front of the Supreme Court and make their voice her- be heard. You, you know? know, if they could, if they if could, they could come, just up, come up with a, something unique, something that has never been used before. Yeah, something catchy. Hmm. Some, Let me think about some, that. What uh, could s- they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think wow. I got it, Brian. Oh man, I think they've hit it. They've it, hey hey ho ho. Student debt's got to go. How could they come up with something so original? I, I don't know. I wonder how long that took them. Oh gee, um, I'm always impressed when they come up with a uh, <laughs> yeah, that, like that hasn't been used since 1963. Hey hey ho ho. You name it's got to go. They, they're not even clever enough to come up with <laughs> with a with a <laughs> uh, a new uh, a chant. Oh, man. Uh, it, all right, this is all crazy-making. It is. It is all crazy-making. And the left thinks somehow this all makes sense. You're the idiot, not them. You're the idiot. Unbelievable. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll-free number is 800 Let me go to Robert on student loans. Robert, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. And yourself? I am well, too. Thank you. Uh, As a
2: former student who did not finish school, I paid my loans off because that's what you do. I think part of the problem is they don't, government money is free money. The government gives it to you. It doesn't come from anywhere. So they don't see that side of it because it's free money. (laughs) And I'm wondering when I pay off somebody's degree, do I get an honorary degree with
0: that? (laughs) No, you get a sucker. What? Oh, That's it, just a sucker Because oh. you, you paid for it And you got nothing out of it Right, yeah Alright uh, Robert, thank you for the call Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show uh, Mike, my ex-wife insisted My 21-year-old college attending daughter Take out more loans than needed Because, well, Biden is going to forgive All her student debt So why not? Yes, that is a quote. What a buffoon. And no, I didn't allow it to happen. My daughter will graduate from four years of school without a fi- with, with about 15000 in debt. Well done, Mike. Well done. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. We've got um, battery-powered cars in the news again. Brian found this uh, over at Breitbart News. And it, it, we were talking about this with Jennifer Bukowski. Jennifer has a battery-powered vehicle. Uh, she... Um, she loves it uh i think the furthest she goes is to st louis uh from columbia which is not a horribly long ride and that's great but could she take it say from columbia to where i'm at today in cleveland I uh, yeah she could do it i suppose but it would be incredibly time consuming so Breitbart has the story. Even far-left ABC News admits that electric vehicle owners face a logistical nightmare when it comes to everyday use, not to mention long drives. There was a piece written by Morgan Korn trying to make it sound as though his uh, his uh, is uh, President Biden. Uh, ...is some sort of savior with his goal of installing a half million new chargers across the country. By the way, that is such a bad idea. Let me tell you why that's a bad idea. Because once they get those chargers in place... ...if a newer or better technology arrives for charging a battery-powered car... ...the government will have sunk uh, billions of dollars into creating these this half million of the old-fashioned chargers... And they won't have the wherewithal to update. And they'll be obsolete, and you'll have paid all that money for it. The marketplace responds much more quickly to that sort of thing. But that being aside, uh, Korn writes, YouTube personality Steve Hamm leads a Hyundai Kona electric sport utility vehicle for his uh, 17-year-old daughter. He leased this car... Uh, For three reasons, it was affordable, practical, and allowed her to put her cash toward college, not fuel. Now the upstate New York resident has a dilemma that many EV owners can relate to, finding available charging stations far away from home. We're going through the planning process of how easily Maddie can get from Albany to Gettysburg College, where she can charge the car. Uh, Hames uh, told ABC News, it makes me a little nervous. We want fast chargers that take 30 to 40 minutes. It would not make sense to sit at a level 2 charger for hours. There isn't a good software tool that helps EV owners plan their trip. The gold standard in electric vehicles is Tesla. And Tesla is also the gold standard in offering reliable chargers everywhere. Still the gold standard is not all that golden. You can be in and out of a gas station in five minutes. Hell, you can fill your gas tank and rob the gas station in five minutes. Gas stations are awesome for the outlaw and the law-abiding alike. In the best of conditions, if you can find a Tesla supercharger, 200 miles of range takes 15 minutes to 23 minutes to charge. A fill-up takes an hour. And don't forget, cold weather, turning on the heat, well, that eats up 200 miles pretty quickly. 15 minutes might not sound like a long time, but have you ever had to wait five minutes to access a gas pump? It sucks. Imagine waiting 15 minutes. Oh, and what if someone ahead of you is in line? Uh, That's that's not 15 minutes. Then it's 25 or 30 minutes. And that's the gold standard. And if you don't own a Tesla, your charging time is much longer. And there are fewer available chargers. One electric car expert told ABC he frequently hears complaints of dead chargers and sticky cables. Get a load of this. Uh, Tony Quigora, editor-in-chief, car and driver, has been forced to wander the aisles of a Walmart in Burbank, California, while the EV he is testing that day sits on a charger. He's become a familiar face at a Mexican restaurant in Mojave, California, where a Tesla charger is located. A coffee shop recently opened up near that, uh, near that, nearby that uh, caters to the EV drivers that's an expert with a Tesla if anyone should have the system gamed out it's that guy and this is what they're trying to push on you you know if, if I go home at night and I'm tired I don't feel like stopping at the gas station uh, I'm down to fumes I'll figure tomorrow morning on my way to work I'll fill up it'll take me 5 minutes and I'll be on my way but not if I have a battery powered car. If I have a battery powered car, I better damn well stop on the way home and spend a half an hour at least charging up, or I better get up really, really early because my battery powered car won't fill up in five minutes. It's a lousy deal. I don't care how you spin it, it's just a lousy deal. Get- Cannot believe that these people keep pushing it. Um, the, the hybrid is a good deal. The hybrid isn't a bad deal, except for the mining. That's a bit of a problem. All right. Um, Biden defense officials reject medical journals finding that natural immunity is as effective as vaccination. That's next. On the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary
2: Nolan Show.